Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Money Show. My name is Kent Brown, co-founder here at Granger and Brown. This is the Daily Money Show for Saturday, August 15th, 2020. And on this podcast, we talk about anything and everything to do with the world of money. But we educate you as well because finance, economics, investments can be extremely confusing and people just don't have time to figure those things out. That's where the show comes in. We take that confusing world, simplify it so that you feel more empowered because you become more knowledgeable. And with that knowledge, you can make better decisions with your money. Now, you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for The Daily Money Show. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Most articles I talk about will be posted to those pages while you're there. Definitely like and follow us. All right, on today's episode, we'll talk about what percentage of renters are facing eviction in certain states, and it is insane. Also, a high-profile New York restaurant is closing down, and we'll talk about the context behind that. Let's jump into the markets real quick. The S&P 500 has yet to get above its all-time high from February 19th. It finished the day at 3372. Uh, its all-time high is 3386, so it is right there, less than a percent away from its all-time high. It was down on the day 0.02%, basically flat. The Dow was positive, just barely 0.12% on the day to 27931. It's still down roughly 5% from its recent all-time high, and the Nasdaq was down on the day 0.21% to 11,019, down roughly 1% from its recent all-time high. All right, so uh, we still do not have a stimulus deal with uh, Congress not coming to an agreement with the White House, uh, President Trump launching attacks directly accusing Democrats of holding up stimulus money, Democrats blaming, uh, have blamed or blaming Republicans. And so we have this article uh, from CNBC, this is from yesterday, Congress fails to reach stimulus deal, leaving tens of millions of Americans desperate for relief. I mean, our, our economic situation right now is a mess. Now, we've had positive reports, right? People that when the economy shut down or when it came, when it came grinding to a halt and then it started opening back up. Well, okay, jobs are going to come back because it's opening back up. The problem is, is that we are not where we were before the pandemic began, and we might be in a really, really tough situation. For example, uh, take the number of Americans facing evictions per each state. And this is absolutely crazy. And the article provides a chart, and it shows the percentage by each state so to be clear, this is the entire percentage of renters per each state facing eviction. All right, we're going to talk about the top five states. These are the top five. The highest state in the country right now is West Virginia, followed by Tennessee, Mississippi, Florida, and Louisiana. So in West Virginia, it's the highest. 59% of renters in that state are facing eviction. 59% in Tennessee, 58% of renters facing eviction, Mississippi, 55%, Florida, 51%, and Louisiana, 50%. Half 
of the renters in the entire state of, of those five states, more than half, at least for Louisiana, it's half. For the rest, it's more than half are facing eviction. Now, what about the states with the lowest percentage? The lowest state in the country right now is Vermont. And Vermont, 22% of the entire renter population in Vermont or of 22% of renters are facing eviction in that state. And that is the lowest. So we, every state in the country falls somewhere between 22 and 59%. Now, here's a, here's a quote from the article. If this crisis goes on long enough and the unemployed don't get relief, the recession will deepen and ultimately turn into a true depression, says Douglas Massey, a professor at Princeton University. Now, keep in mind, this is happening, right? What we have going on right now, this is just three months after we passed the, what was it, $2.2 trillion stimulus, the CARES Act, it, was, it might have been $2.2 trillion. That was just three months ago or roughly three months ago, right? So now I'm not saying that we shouldn't pass another stimulus bill. Actually, I'm not sure we have a choice but to pass another one, even though adding to the debt is going to be something that we face for years and years to come. But right now, when you look at these numbers and you have in these top five states, more than half of the entire state facing eviction. Like what, like, what do you do with that? I mean, this is, we have, and recently from the Thursday uh, numbers on the weekly uh, jobless claims, we, I think we're down now to over 28 million people on some type of unemployment aid, 28 million people on some type of unemployment aid. And so, we're just, well, let, let's go to this next story and we'll talk about it here in a second. Um, we'll kind of put together uh, what we're talking about here. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's titled Thomas Keller to close Hudson Yards Restaurant in New York City. Tack Room is one of the highest profile restaurant casualties to date from the coronavirus pandemic. Now, it's just one restaurant, you know, might not seem like a, a big deal. I mean, obviously, there's been a, a lot of uh, businesses closing, but let's put this into context. This is a tweet from Scott Wapner of CNBC, and he he puts some background behind that article. So again, Thomas Keller uh, to close the Tack Room restaurant, and listen to what Scott Wapner, he's from CNBC, listen to what he says in this tweet. Uh, this is from August 13th. When the best capitalized and most financially sound restaurants like Thomas Keller's Tack Room are now closing, what do you think the small mom and pop places around New York City and elsewhere are dealing with? They can't survive. They won't survive and nothing but bickering in D.C. So there's the context, right? Best capitalized and most financially sound restaurants like the Tack Room are closing. Like if they're having problems, what about everybody else nationwide who is not as capitalized and financially sound 
as that particular restaurant. You know, as far like what he says, right? They can't survive. They won't survive and nothing but bickering in DC. So what do you do when you have 20 to 60% of each state's renters facing eviction? Right? What do you do when when last like we talked about last week 28 plus million Americans on some type of unemployment insurance and maybe somebody's answer might be well I mean people just need to get a job or people need to get jobs. Like what jobs are they going to get? You have businesses closing left and right. You have entire industries that can't function. Right? Like the what entertainment, uh, travel industry, any company that gets revenues from large crowds. And we haven't even made it through the fall yet. We've still got the the virus that's still here. And now we've got flu season approaching. Now, I don't know if we're going to see uh, massive breakouts again. We'll see. I don't know if we are. But even with the virus just hanging around and pushing pressure or keeping pressure on states to keep restrictions on the local economy, right? That's not going to help the economy. So how, how do you solve this type of problem? How can somebody, a country, solve this type of problem in just a couple of months, right? How does something on this scale, how does it not last into next year and potentially beyond? We might have a ways to go before the economy is able to recover, eventually it will recover. The length of that recovery could depend on how effective government programs are going to be uh, going forward. So for example, many businesses will need to be created again, but the problem we might have is that business owners who were forced to shut down won't have access to the capital. They won't have access to the money that they need to restart and relaunch their business. And I'm not sure that private banks are going to be willing to take the risk to lend money on a massive scale to people who don't have any or have limited assets, right? They In that tough type of situation. So once the virus is under control, if we had a program provided that provided liquidity and capital to previous business owners who have the experience to be able to launch and maintain a successful business, that could help the recovery move faster. Now, getting the government to do something that is efficient and effective, that might be a hard task, but we will see. Uh, That's all we've got for today. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. As always, remember, bad debt equals lots of regret. Bye now. All information and materials discussed on this podcast are for educational purposes only. Opinions expressed on this podcast are based on information considered reliable, but Granger and Brown cannot guarantee the accuracy of the information, nor should it be relied upon. The host is an active trader who may be invested in securities or investments discussed on this program in which he may take long or short positions. Also, the host's trading may be short-term in nature, and positions disclosed should not be taken as investment advice nor recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments. The information discussed on this podcast should not be used as a recommendation to buy or sell any securities or investments or taken as investment advice. There could be real risk of loss 
by following any opinions or investment strategy discussed on this podcast as prices regarding securities or investments may rise or fall dramatically depending on the market environment. Current or past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments or securities discussed on this podcast may not be suitable for any individual's situation. Individuals should seek advice from a licensed investment professional or professionals regarding their own personal investment situation, time horizon, or needs. Returns and information in this podcast are estimates only and might not be exact. There are risks when investing in real estate, including liquidity risk, in which the sale of your real estate purchase could take a prolonged amount of time. Also, if you choose to sell your real estate purchase, you might have to sell it for less than what you originally paid. There are also risks and possible tax consequences associated with investing in real estate inside an IRA. Granger and Brown Investments is not a registered investment advisor or broker-dealer. Granger and Brown Investments is not an accounting firm and does not give tax advice regarding any security or any real estate transaction. You may want to consult with an accountant, attorney, real estate agent, or financial advisor before proceeding with any transaction regarding securities or real estate.